Josh Jacobs, man, consistently going in the fifth round of fantasy drafts and is now looking like a league winner. High-end yeah. RB1 right now uh, that you drafted at a serious discount. 20 carries for 143 yards and three touchdowns in this game. He also caught three of four targets, uh, 80% of snaps. That's three straight games for Josh Jacobs with 80% or more snap share, 140 rushing yards, and 30 or more PPR fantasy points. The dude is balling out of his mind right now. Yeah, just ridiculous. And you have to wonder, you know, where was this his whole career? <laughs> like suddenly Josh Jacobs is a fantasy mainstay and a huge fantasy asset, you know, week in and week out. Maybe he just wasn't getting the usage. Obviously, the usage was it hasn't necessarily been there his whole career, but this is just like nobody has an answer for him, regardless of who it was. And it was the Texans, you know, that they were playing against. But to have a streak of 30 plus fantasy points back to back to back, you know, that's difficult, especially in an offense that has Darren Waller and Devontae Adams. Obviously, Darren Waller didn't play, but um, Devontae Adams, you know, and Mac Holland suddenly being a receiver that Derek Carr likes to throw to. Um, you know, I, I, it's interesting to me. I think that this is, you know, just good news. Like, you can't really analyze this. He's just going on a tear right now. <laughs> you know, just over the past three weeks, he's had a ridiculous amount of work, right? So he he's not getting that. You know, every single year, his role completely changed. He's getting the two-minute offense. He's he's staying on the field and passing downs, 80% of snaps. Not something that Josh Jacobs has been seeing. So continue to start him every single week. Top five fantasy running back moving forward until anything changes. Yeah, and it's funny. The narrative around Josh Jacobs last season was that he was good for more than eight points, but less than 24 points. And that was <laughs> how it worked, you know? And then it, 24 op- points was a lot. Yeah, but he, op- he opened the this season, the first three weeks, fitting that narrative. Eight points, nine points, 14 points. It was looking like more of the same. And then suddenly, just out of nowhere, 34, 30, 36. What? Mm-hmm. Like, they just decided that, I, I guess Josh McDaniels was like, all right, he's pulling straws at this point just to see what he could do to save his job. And it looks like he may have bought himself some time, you know, just by handing the ball off to uh, Josh Jacobs. I, I think that there's really no way to explain this. It's just I didn't see this coming at all. And I'm just happy to see that it's continuing. You know, I'm as a football fan, you got to love seeing this. Another thing you got to love is Kenneth Walker, man. 23 carries, oh, yeah. carries 168 yards and two touchdowns, 75% of snaps, 65% route participation, which is super interesting to see because his pass catching profile out of college, not something that translated well over to the NFL, but 65% route participation is exactly what you want for your running back. Um, he also played in a two-minute offense, which means that they like his pass-catching ability. So that was great to see. This is an RB1 yeah. type of profile. He's playing like an RB1 in terms of production as well. He's in your lineup every single week. Yeah, and without a doubt, there's no reason you should have Kenneth Walker out of your lineup in any instance now moving forward unless he's injured. I mean, you know, DJ Dallas, it looks like he got a couple carries. They were at the end of the game after Kenneth Walker um, ripped off the 74-yard touchdown. And even before that touchdown, you know, it was already a solid game for him, but that just put him over the top. We've seen that before. He has a bunch of long runs, but that was like the explosive run, like the exclamation point that Kenneth Walker is going to be that guy, <laughs> pal. You know, oh, as yeah. you can see on our little overlay. Um, <laughs> he, he, he is, is that going, guy, pal. Yes, he is going to be that guy for your fantasy team moving forward. Um, there's not a world where he doesn't start for you unless he's injured. This is awesome. League winning waiver wire pickup. And I'm happy I actually got him in one of my leagues. So that's awesome. Now, Brees Hall, on the other hand, unfortunately seemed to have towards ACL. And we talked about this to start the episode. 
that is what is feared right now, not confirmed just yet. And that's what the initial prognosis is that he did tear his ACL. He ripped off that huge long touchdown in the game. Um, you know, we were declaring him the dynasty RB one after that run. And unfortunately yeah. it had to come to a screeching halt. Um, you know, wishing the best for him and his recovery. I do worry about him next year. Am I going to be targeting him in fantasy drafts? I don't think so. But in the meantime, Michael Carter, unless the Jets make a move for a running back, which is very possible given their situation right now, they're they're They have a pretty good chance of making the playoffs right now, more than 60% chance of making the playoffs. Um, and they might want to continue to try to run the ball. So there are some running backs available. Kareem Hunt, right? Um, yeah. Damian Harris. I doubt the Patriots make an in-division trade, but there are some running backs available that they could kind of pick up and potentially have as their workhorse on early downs. You know, maybe splitting a little bit with Michael Carter, but Michael Carter just got pushed to a starting role. He played on 73% of snaps in this game. I am going to be ranking him as a solid RB2 next week, most likely. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I see the Jets are willing to give him 20 opportunities or so, I'll move him up. If I see they're using him extensive, extensively in the past game as well, you know, I'll move him up. But, but for now, I would say solid RB2 on a not-so-great offense anymore. Yeah. And as we're talking about it, um, the sleeper alert just came up. I don't know if you got it. That yeah, MRI it. confirmed Jets running back, Brees Hall, suffered a torn ACL. No. So there it is. The nail Boom. in the coffin. Brutal. Ch- change this overlay now. You know, brutal. <laughs> he can't. has torn his ACL. Sucks. Yeah, that sucks. All right. No, that, that, yeah. But um, with Brees Hall, just uh, one last note before I go on. Uh, in true, you know, fantasy um, get league winning fashion, Brees Hall did not leave you out to dry. He got injured after he ran that long touchdown in. He still produced for your team this week, even though he yeah. missed a lot of time. So. You know, it's a great off. way to go out. Yeah, uh, you, you know, go out of the year like that with with that type of game. You know, after yeah. that long run, it was going to be a huge game. I think. I think so too. Man, sucks. All right, moving forward. More bad news. DK Metcalf seems to have suffered a knee injury. Is, is there any update on that one? I don't know if I. I think there I, was. Okay, so, so go ahead. And, Pete Carroll and let says us know. they got a quote really good report on DK Metcalf, and they doesn't need surgery. A patellar tendon injury. May have been older injury. Unclear what the timeline is. Metcalf is determined to practice Wednesday, but wow, and then it, it runs out. So I, I got to see what the rest of this report says. Wow, that is impressive. Not sure it'll happen, but it says he's determined to practice. So that would be really good news after seeing him get carted off. Yeah, that is good news. Let's see. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like there is a potential uh, chance. Um, I still wouldn't is, be surprised it, if he missed a game. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Pete Carroll is the most optimistic person in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but but this is good news, man. This is really, really good news. Like, the fact that he got carted off, right? Uh, some people were worried that it was an ACL mechanism that mm-hmm. that happened there, right? So that was the worst case scenario. So the fact that DK Metcalf doesn't have an ACL injury, that's amazing. Um, if he can play next week, wow. That would be some shit right there. I literally, yeah. speaking of shit, I literally thought that, you know, maybe he was getting carted yeah. off because of that. I was, you know, maybe he had to use the bathroom yeah. again, right? But that, that wasn't the case. So, like, yeah, you know, it was a more serious issue than for number two. Yeah. For our Instagram post today, obviously, for the takeaways, I was going to suggest that we put, like, you know, DK carted off, not shit this time. But, like, <laughs> I, I didn't know how we would fit that or something. I, I, I feel like it might have been a little, like, it might have been a little insensitive in case he did, in fact, tear yeah, his ACL. Right. Like, it would have been yeah, a little insensitive. You. But now the fact, not, now that we know that, like, he didn't tear his ACL, like, that could have worked. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty, but that that might have been, <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> all right, all right. Moving forward, uh, so you know, Marquise Goodwin would have been a waiver wire pickup for me because, uh, like I said, you know, Geno Smith, whatever he touches turns to gold, and you know, he yeah. had two touchdowns in this game, and I would take a chance on him, even though he's an older wide receiver. He did run the most routes of any other wide receiver not in not named Tyler Lockett. So I would have just you know threw it out there just in case you're in a deep league and you need some wide receiver help. You never know because because Geno is attacking. He's aggressive. He's throwing the ball down the field. And, you know, I would have took a shot. But anyway, it seems like DK would be fine. I would just leave, um, you know, Goodwin on the wave wire. He should be good. Tyler Lockett, he, he looked good as well in this game. Um, surprisingly, he was able to play just fine and run all the routes despite not practicing at all this past week. But yeah. go figure. Now, in the same game, Mike Williams after having a pretty good game, he suffered some sort of ankle injury himself. That didn't look too good. Do we have an update no. on that one? I didn't see Not anything yet. from that one. They are on the West Coast. So they are on the West Coast. I won't hear on that for another two hours. It's very possible. Now, you know, DK Metcalf is also on the West Coast. Maybe they woke up early. Uh, but they wanted to figure that out that was immediately. They knew us fantasy managers were really, you know, we're sitting here with our cheeks clenched, hoping that, <laughs> you know, it's not an ACL tear or something. But um, yeah, well, you know, Hopefully, it's nothing too serious for Mike Williams. It didn't look good, though, right? Like, no. you have to assume that it was probably like a high ankle injury or something like that, um, but we'll get more news on that. Keenan Allen was back. He played a role in the first half, but hardly played the second half. Uh, he was on a snap count. He'll obviously be this, the guy after the bye, but, you know, if if Mike Williams were to miss some time, then Josh Palmer would right, likely, you know, be a, a beneficiary uh, on the outside and, you know, potentially getting some targets uh, behind Keenan Allen behind Austin Eckler and then Gerald Everett, he's going to command some targets as well. So, you know, this offense also isn't like the most, the best offense right now, you know, yeah. Justin Herbert isn't playing like Justin Herbert There's something going on there. But for now, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler and Gerald Herbert are the main fantasy. Uh, I would say, uh, weapons. I wouldn't even say beneficiaries. Cause like, you know, honestly, I don't even know if these guys are going to get extra targets because Mike Williams is out. You know what I mean? Like maybe mm-hmm. Everett might get an extra target or two, you know, especially in, near, near the red zone. But yeah. that's about it, really. The thing that I know, you know, with Gerald Everett is that, you know, he's kind of been a favorite target so far this season for Justin Herbert, even with Nine the targets. receivers, with the receivers in and out of the lineup. He's kind yeah. of been a favorite target. So like, I, I'm, and I have foolishly started Kyle Pitts over him many times this year, especially this last week. But um, he will continue to get it done for you. He's another one of those, you know, solid tight ends for you. In a world where tight ends are few and far between. That's, I'm going to yeah. keep using that expression. Austin Eckler, though, he's he's continuing to ball out. 77% of snaps in this game. That was a season high. It's a good thing. You know, I had uh, someone DM me this morning. And they said, hey, man, question. After week three, when Austin Eckler went off, he didn't do his thing in week one and week two. But in week three, he went off, but you, you you didn't recommend selling him. Why not? And I thought that was a good question, right? And it's like in week one and week two, he wasn't doing his thing, but in week three, he balls out. Why don't we why didn't we want to sell him? It's because we didn't have it was a very small sample size of him not doing his thing. And we knew that the Chargers needed him. We knew that his role was going to increase. And that's literally what's happening right now. His role has increased. He's been targeted like crazy over the last four weeks. Yeah. Um, and he's he's going to break, if he, if this rate continues of him getting targeted, him getting all these receptions, he's going to break the record pretty easily 
for targets and receptions to running backs this year. Um, he's the PPR RB1 right now. He's been the PPR RB1 for a couple weeks. And like I don't see this stopping, dude. Like the way that the way that um uh Justin Herbert's playing right now, all he's doing is chucking it down. Like he's yeah. not throwing the ball down the field at all. No, that's 100 percent true. And you say he's the RB1. I'm actually looking at right now on sleeper in four point passing touchdown. He's the number one overall player. Obviously, Josh Allen had his bye. But he's the number one overall player right now. So that, that tells you all you need to know about even with you know, even tacklers. even with quarterbacks. Yes, like, with quarterback. Included. Number one overall, wow. it says right now on sleeper. In four point passing touchdown, he's number one. Yep. Um that's pretty easy to do. He's had <laughs> four straight weeks over twenty-four points and five not what's it called four straight weeks over twenty-four points, and three of those four weeks he's been over thirty-four points. I mean, it's all been in the passing game. You know, this fantasy offense, this game script, the way that Justin Herbert's playing has been all just all roads lead to Austin Eckler in this offense, it seems like. You know, game script, just the way Justin Herbert's playing. It's going to be Austin Eckler getting a bunch of targets. As long as he keeps doing that, you know, he's in for big days. Um, he has his bye week next week, so we'll probably see him fall from that number one overall podium. But Austin Eckler, you know, you say about why didn't we say to sell? We know who Austin Eckler is. We know who he did last season. And he's looking like he's getting that work back, kind of. Yep. At least now, in the form was- of targets, yeah. For sure. It was reported overnight between Saturday and Sunday, like right before the game, that Isaiah Pacheco would receive the start for the Chiefs, and he did. Um, but that led him to only play two more snaps than Clyde was hilarious. He still got out-snapped by Jerick McKinnon, 28-18, to 18, and it was CEH who ended up scoring in this game yeah. uh, from this backfield. So we have to be careful with these type of reports and not jump the gun and just assume that because they're saying that Pacheco is starting, that doesn't mean that he's going to get all the touches. Right. right. Um, and if you tuned into the lives in the morning or if you tuned into my stories on Instagram, like you knew not to overhype the situation. It was still a three man rotation, even with Pacheco scoring. I'm sorry, e- even with, you know, CEH scoring and Pacheco starting. Um, and, you know, it, listen, the, the, I think the work can potentially start moving in Pacheco's favor, um, more of the work going in his favor. But he's still right now. He's not anything more than a flex play. Than an yeah. upside flex play, right? Like if that, like if I put him in my lineup, I'd be very, very concerned that his floor is just extremely low right now. Um, yeah. And just keep in mind, like he only saw eight total opportunities in this game, like a game that was back and forth and very high scoring. So mm-hmm. all this really did was just hurt Ceh even more. That's really yeah. all it did. And nothing has changed. Like, like, make no mistake, anything that happened in this game, you know, nothing has changed in this Chiefs backfield. I just look at it, you know, it's the same story. The pages are the same, but the cover is different. Instead of it being Clyde Edwards-Alaire, it's Isaiah Pacheco. And then you open the book, it's the exact same thing. (laughs) Exact same (laughs) game plan. Nothing's changed. I just took the cover off and put a different one on. That's the way I look at it. It's the exact same situation. I don't want a piece of any of these um, Chiefs running backs unless I'm in a pinch. I did pick up Pacheco just in case. That yeah. report didn't blow things. Should. Just in case that report didn't blow things out of proportion, but right now it looks like it did. You know, it's definitely thing. needs a roster. He's a must roster right now for yeah. sure, for sure. Because that that it can change, but he's de- he's he's yet. not like falling out of favor. He could definitely you know move up and get more work. It's just it has to happen first. Obviously, yes, it has to happen first before you trust them. Exactly. Um, so we, we're only already over the hour mark, but I just want to mention a couple things. Christian McCaffrey, he made his debut with the 49ers. Eight carries, two targets, played 22 snaps, which is literally right around what Jay Glazer reported him to play. Um, 
but he had 62 total yards on 29% of snaps. So he's yeah. going to be able to do his thing on the 49ers. He's an RB1 start next week. Remember when we were, we said we should be buying low on Juju? Yeah. He caught seven for 124 yards and a touchdown on eight targets, all of which led the team. Uh, we did say the touchdowns were coming. And remember, it's not like this just started over the last two weeks. Week one, eight targets, six for 79. Week three, five for 89 on eight targets. Solid. Just didn't get the touchdowns. We did feel pretty discouraged after the Raiders game, right? He, yeah. put, in, he put a couple duds up, but it seems like he might have been banged up for that one. Um you think Juju has been upgraded to a wide receiver two, or is he still a wide receiver three right now? He does have a great schedule coming up after the bye. Tennessee, Jacksonville, Chargers, and Rams. I think he's still a wide receiver three for me. One more week, we'll do it. Um, I'm it, The offense definitely looks like it's running more through Juju. Now they're getting him more involved. But um, yeah, I, I think he's wide receiver three right now. But I think that the wide receiver two upside is now there. Yeah. And obviously, he's performed really well. He's been more of a wide receiver one the past two weeks. But um. You know, he's getting it done now. It looks like him and Patrick Mahomes are starting to build a, little, build a little bit more chemistry. I think it's funny that we spent like the whole first three or four weeks of the season telling you to buy low. And then week five, when we finally say, okay, maybe it's time to give up. Now he does it. It's like he's just waiting yeah. for us. The fans community be like, okay, let's get our hands up. <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster. I bet a right. bunch of people dropped him. And then he had these games and someone else is just massive power shift now because, you know, he went from one team to another because someone, you know, gave up on Juju. But it, Regardless, good news for Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, it looks like going into the bye, he's going to continue to be a big part of the offense. Moving on to the Steelers, uh, Pat Frymuth, he returned to a 75% rap participation. He caught uh, 8 of 75 yards on 9 targets. He is an every week tight end one right now until further notice. Yeah, and yeah, that, that that's bottom line. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That, that's, and, that's about and, it. And that's, that's going to do it for the show. That's going to do yeah. it for the show, guys. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Rate and review the podcast, please, if you can, on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Uh, appreciate you guys. If you can share this podcast with a friend, even if they're in your league, I get it. Not easy to do. That would mean the world to us as well. Uh, appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time, uh, live on YouTube and then available later on the day in the podcast. Uh, on podcast form on all, all platforms. We're going to go over the waiver wire, all the waiver wire pickups for this week. Thank you guys so much. See you later. Peace.